Good morning, church. How are you doing today? Good morning. You guys enjoying the youth takeover so far? Yes. Who enjoyed that first song of worship? Yes. That is one of our staples when it comes to um, Av Youth and worship. We like to do things a little bit different. Um, who wants that song next Sunday? <laughs> I'll talk to Pastor Jim and see if we can um, do that again. But um, welcome. Um, first and foremost, I'm not the, uh, the senior pastor. The senior pastor is a little bit shorter and a little bit skinnier than me. Um, I am our youth pastor here at the church, and I've been the youth pastor for a little over four and a half years now, and um, I just love what I get to do. And today's been a day that we've been waiting for uh, since the end of 2018. I was talking to Pastor Jim, getting them ready for, or asking him if we can do this takeover, and he says, you know what? We can do it at the end of the year, and I was like, perfect. It's our time to shine, the best way I like to say it. Um, so yeah, I'm, we're really excited for it. Um, today, what we're doing is we're continuing our series, though. We're still in the series um, titled Identity. So if you're taking notes, you want to write that down. The series title today is Identity. And in this series, we've had a series verse and a series tagline, but our series verse is this. It's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And it says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. I love that word right there, workmanship. We are created in God's image, meaning our identity lies in Jesus. Our tagline for this series is this, you were, but you are. You were one way before Jesus, but once Jesus got a hold of you, once you gave your life to Jesus, you are now made new. You are adopted in his family. And what I want to do real fast is something that we do in youth all the time. I had to do some kind of splash of youth when it comes to the message and then we'll get back to normal. But um, here in Av Youth, we meet here on Wednesday nights at seven o'clock. We meet upstairs at um, during actually this service on, on Sunday mornings, which we're not today because we're down here. Shout out to Av Youth that's over here. Um, yes. Um, but along with that, Every time that we get to come up and speak, we have um, three sayings, three things for everyone to know and understand um, before they really walk into a church service and have youth. And the three things are this, and I want you guys to hopefully kind of follow along with this. The first one is this. We have a saying in have youth, and the saying means this. You don't have to believe. Meaning this. You don't have to believe in Jesus to hang out with us on a Wednesday night. But our end-all, be-all goal for those students is that they would walk out of that church service on that Wednesday or on the previous Wednesdays with a relationship with Jesus, understanding that's the greatest decision they can ever make. The reason why we say that is because so many times I see youth come to church and they think they have to have their life together. They think they have to have a relationship with Jesus to be with us on Wednesday nights. That's not what church is. Church is made for those that don't have a relationship with Jesus and they're searching for one. And that's the thing we like to share with them. The second thing is this. We have a culture of note-taking. I always, I'm a stickler when it comes to notes. I tell them all the time, make sure you guys are taking notes so you'll see them on their phones. They're not on Instagram. At least I pray they're not. Um, I hope they're sitting there typing, doing their notes. And I've seen students do that. They have their notebooks out and all that stuff. It's the greatest thing. I tell them that um, all the times the preachers come up and they can talk super fast and it's almost hard to really grasp everything they're saying. So really the only way you can catch all that stuff is by taking notes and you can go back to it. So when they're thinking to themselves, what did that big white guy say one night? They can go back to their notes and it's right there. The third one and the one that I think is the best and to me is the most fun is we are a talk back group. Now, when I say we're a talk back group, this means this. If 
whoever's speaking, you agree with what they're saying, or you say so they say something that's really speaking to you, you can say, come on, you can say, preach it, you can say, that's good, you can clap. One of our favorites that we like to say is, preach it, white boy, and um, they say it. Uh, every once in a while, I give them an opportunity before the message starts, and I say, okay, on the count of three, just say what you want. And the funniest thing is, I hear everyone say, preach it, white boy, and then I'm like, okay, you're racist, you're racist, you're racist, you're racist, and I pray for them. Uh, <laughs> But that's a little bit of what Av Youth is and, and just who we are. And you got to see our testimonies, hear the testimonies from the trip. You got to see our worship team up here. And uh, today I get to speak to you guys again in this series of identity. But if you are taking notes, the title of today's message is I Am Stable. I Am Stable. And the question I want to open us up with today is this. Have you ever felt unstable before? Everyone's hand should go up in this room. We've all, at least at one point in our lives, felt unstable. For me, it's happened multiple times, but the one that I think is the funniest, I'm going to share with you guys this morning. See, as a kid growing up, I, I lived in Riverside, and once I got married, I moved into uh, the Chino area, and at, in Riverside, I went to a high school called Ramona High. And at, yeah, the Rams, um, they made it to CIF playoffs, our CIF championship this year. We lost, but it's okay. Um, but I went there all four years. I played high school football all four years and I did track for three years. Um, but this one time my junior year when we were playing football, uh, it came right about the midway through the season. We were getting ready to go against this high school called Rancho Verde. Now, if you know anything about Rancho Verde High School, their football teams are always stacked. They have some of the biggest people, some of the biggest guys. The craziest part about that year, I didn't share this in the first service, but the craziest part about that year was they had a quarterback that was at Rancho Verde that was on a TV show called The Ride at MT on MTV. They, of course, picked our game to film on MTV and get all these highlights. To give you some concept on the kind of team we had my junior year, we went undefeated, 0-10. Lost every single game, just the opposite of undefeated. We lost every single game. So I knew going into my junior year and getting ready for that game, I was like, more than likely, I'm not going to play at all. So I was like, I'm kind of cool, calm, collective. I'm like, I don't have to worry about going against these giants that are getting ready to go into college. So I said, you know what, I'm going to relax. We get out to Rancho Verde and we're getting ready for the game. Everyone's all serious and focused. I'm sitting there joking, laughing, having a good time. And the coach is kind of getting angry at me. But the moment came when we started the game, first half ended, uh, we get into halftime, at halftime it was zero to 50. Um, that is not made up, that is not made up. Again, we were not very good my junior year, and Rancho was really good. Um, but we were going into halftime, and uh, after halftime we walk out for the third quarter, and my buddy, he was hurt so he didn't suit up, he went to the snack bar during halftime. And at the snack bar, he picked up a lot of Skittles. Now, if you know me, I love Skittles. So I'm sitting on the sidelines, just kind of watching, cheering people on. And he's sitting there eating Skittles. And I was like, are those Skittles? And he was like, yeah. I was like, can I have some? Mind you, I'm suited up full pads, ready to go in at any moment. And I was like, can I have some? He's like, yeah. So we're sitting on the sideline eating Skittles, having a great time, watching my team just get absolutely destroyed. And then I get this voice ringing in my ears and I immediately turn into panic. The voice that I heard was my coach's voice. His name's Coach Monk. He terrified every single one of us. He played football at Idaho State. His calf muscles were the size of my head, and I am not joking. He was a huge human being. I hear him yell, Headley, my last name. And I'm like, uh-oh. And I run over to him. I'm kind of shaking like Bambi as I get to him. And 
he looks at me and he says, Headley, I need you to get in. I'm like, you need me to get in? And he was like, yeah, Samaje, the guy that was in front of me he, uh, in the position, he said, he had just got hurt and he's out for the rest of the game. I need you to play. I was like, <laughs> coach, you, <laughs> what? And he's like, yeah, I need you to play. Uh, and in that mind, I'm just terrified. I feel like crying. I really feel like Bambi now. And he was like, get out there. And the reason why I felt like this was because these guys that played at Rancho, a lot of them went on into college, and one of them went on to play in the pros. The guy I was going against was one of those guys that went on to college. I can't remember if he went to the pros, but he went on to college. I walk out onto the field like Bambi, and I'm looking at him, and I'm looking at his chest plate, his numbers, and I'm like, I'm 6'3", okay, junior year high school, 6'3". I had to look up at him like this, and I'm like, oh, oh, oh no, <laughs> this is not happening right now. And I'm looking at him, and I'm just terrified. The thing that made me even more like terrified was one of my best friends who played on the other side of the defensive line comes up to me and he says to me, Charlie, they're fast, they're big, and they're stronger than you. Good, good luck. I was like, what kind of pep talk is that? And, and I, now I'm getting more scared, I'm more unstable. And the first play, I line up in my position, I'm getting ready to go, and as I take off, he just like smacks me across the head and I just fall to the ground and that's really the rest of how the game went. Like it was horrible. But what I find so funny of that story is I was fine on the sidelines, eating my Skittles, enjoying my life, watching my team get destroyed. But all of a sudden, just a voice came to me. I heard that voice and my life went from stable too unstable. And I feel like a lot of times in life, we can have moments like that. Certain situations that arise, certain moments that pop up, maybe certain people where you're living your best life, you're stable, and then all of a sudden that one situation, that one thing, that one plan comes into our lives and makes us unstable. And today, what I want us to do is as we walk out of this church, I'm hoping and I'm praying that as we walk out of here, we can say the title of today's message, I am stable and truly mean it and truly mean it. So I'm going to pray and we're going to get on with today's message. So if we can, let's bow our heads, close our eyes and let's pray. Jesus, we come before you so thankful for a beautiful Sunday morning that we get to spend here. God, thank you for the cold. We finally get a little bit of a splash of winter in Southern California. But God, we just come before you thankful and grateful for all that you're doing. Speak through me. Let me just be a mouthpiece. Use me. Let all of these words that are coming out not be from me, but be from you. And it's in your name we pray. And we all said, amen. Amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. That's where we're going to be hanging out for the majority of the day. And while you go there, I will drink my coffee. Anyone get coffee this morning? Yes. So many times, a lot of our youth, because I'll drink coffee on Wednesday nights, a lot of the youth come up to me like, are you drinking Dr. Pepper? And I'm like, no, this is just black coffee. And I kind of wish sometimes it was Dr. Pepper. But hopefully you guys got your coffee. We're going to read Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 11. Ephesians 3, verse 11 says this. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I'm suffering for you, so you should feel honored. Verse 14, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And on earth. So what we see right now is this Paul, this guy named Paul is writing this letter to Ephesus, to the Ephesians. And as he's writing this letter, where he is at, he's actually in prison. 
He's in prison writing this letter. And I don't know about you, but if I was in prison, I would probably be having a really unstable life. I'd be scared. I'd be nervous. I mean, I had to go against Rancho Verde. I had to play a football game and I was unstable. Imagine me in prison. It's not a pretty picture. But yet Paul's in prison and he's living, it almost seems like his best life. He's stable. He's calm. He's cool. He's collective. And the people at Ephesus were kind of concerned saying, well, are you okay? What's going on? That's why he writes back saying, don't worry about me. I'm fine. But the question that arises when we read these first um, four verses is this, how can Paul be so confident? How can Paul be so stable in a situation that there's really nothing stable about it? The thing I love about Paul is even though he writes this to us, he shows us how he's stable. The way he's stable is by what he says in verse 14 and 15. I'm going to read it again. It says this. When I think of all this, all everything that's happening in my life, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. He says, when my life is unstable, when I start to feel these emotions, when I start to feel these things come into my mind and start coming into my life, what I do is I fix my focus on Jesus. What Paul's doing is exactly what Jesus teaches us to do in Luke chapter 18. You see, if we can, can we put that verse up there? This is Jesus getting ready to speak to his disciples and the people that he's around. Luke 18, one says this. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. When those moments when we feel like we need to give up, in those moments where we feel like everything around us is crumbling down, what we need to do is we need to start fixing our focus on Jesus. Because whatever you have your focus on is how you're going to react. Whatever you have your focus on is what's going to end up determining how you feel and how you move. We're all human beings. We move off of feelings a lot of times. So when we keep our focus on what's happening in our lives and the situations, what we end up doing is we start allowing those situations to dictate our life. But if we keep our focus, like Paul's telling us in these first two verses, if we keep our focus on Jesus and pray to him and be stuck on his vision, we can start living a stable life. No, I get it. That's a lot easier said than done, Charlie. I, I get that. But what I want to do is I want to go over three points on how we can walk out of here living a stable life. That first one was kind of focusing ourselves on Jesus. But the very first point I have for us today is this. Stability comes from within. Stability comes from within. Verse 16 of Ephesians says this. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. So Paul tells us, you want a stable life? It comes from within. Now the question I have is, what is it that's within me that gets me stable? Because if we're honest, I have a lot of Dr. Pepper, a lot of Skittles, a lot of Chick-fil-A, a lot of Takis in my system. That's what we call the youth pastor diet. I have a lot of that in my system. So I know for a fact that's not what's making me stable. If anything, that makes me unstable because my stomach starts to hurt. But <laughs> Paul says something within us is what makes us stable. So, so what is that? He says in that verse that there's this power. This power that's within us that makes us stable. And what that power is is what we learn in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And this is what Jesus is speaking. He says this in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witness telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What's that thing that's within us that gives us power? The Holy Spirit. 
You see, when you give your life to Jesus, not only do you just accept Jesus, but you get the whole party. You get God, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. See, not only do you accept Jesus, but once you do that, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. He's part of us. So when Paul says, if you want a stable life, if you want to live this life out, even though when our situations are wrong, even when our situations don't look to be going as planned, you need to tap into that thing that you already have. Tap into the resources that Jesus has given us, meaning the Holy Spirit. The thing I want us to think about right now is this, though. Do you ever think that the Holy Spirit feels unstable, uncertain, kind of shaky? No. Question, if he lives in us, why don't we utilize that? When we feel unstable, when we feel uncertain, if there is someone, the Holy Spirit, living within us, why don't we tap into that? Why don't we tap into that? The second point I want us to look at today is this. Stable people have roots. Stable people have roots. Verse 17 says this. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Is there anyone out there like me that you like on a windy day just to look at palm trees flow in the wind? Anybody? Cool, me. Awesome. Um, as a kid growing up, I used to go to this preschool that was right down the street from my house in Riverside. And uh, as a kid, when the winds would blow, there was these palm trees that were right outside of the preschool. And we would always be so fascinated because they would blow in the wind left and right, left and right. And we would always get scared that they would break. And the funniest thing was a teacher would let us sit at the window just watching them go back and forth, back and forth. I think she just didn't want to teach us anymore or tired of us, one of the two. And uh, they would just flow back and forth, back and forth. And I remember thinking, I wonder what happens when they're going to break. Like, I wonder what's like the kind of damage that's going to, to cause when those things break. The funny thing is this. I was about five years old then. Flash forward 20 years now. I go down to Riverside to visit my parents. Those palm trees are still there. Those palm trees are still there. Nothing's ever happened to them. Yeah, they might have lost some palm, uh, palm branches, but that's about it. Those palm trees are still there. And then I start thinking, well, how? How is it that they don't break? When the trials come, when the winds come, when the storms come, they stay planted. The reason why they stay planted, like everyone in here knows, it's because of their roots. They're rooted in what is true. They're rooted in what they need. Now, to take that and apply it to our lives, every one of us in this room, we have roots. We have roots in either good stuff or we have roots in either bad stuff. The question I want us to think of right now is this, where are our roots? Where you spend the most time is typically where your roots will be planted in. If we spend more time in what the world has to offer us, guess what? That's where our roots are going to be. But if we spend more time in what God has for us, we're rooted in good soil. We're rooted in stuff that's never going to fail. You see, Psalms Chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, David's writing this psalm, and he kind of explains this and expands on this even more. And I want to read it to you guys right now. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 through 4 says this. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. Verse 2. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Verse 3. This is the big one. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season, their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Verse four, but not the wicked. 
They are worthless chaffs scattered by the wind. I love how, Paul, or how David writes that and how David kind of expands on that and the imagery he uses. Because when he talks to us and he says that we're like, when we are rooted in God's word, we're like those trees that are right next to the riverbank that always get water, always get nutrients flowing to those trees. And they never wither. They never die. Church, if we want that for our lives, if we want that stable life, what we need to do is we need to be rooted in this. We need to be rooted in what God has. Because the beautiful thing is this. So many times people have tried to ban these things, ban the Bible, ban what God is trying to tell us. But the beautiful thing is it's never died. That's an encouragement for us because we know that this book isn't just a normal book. This is a living book. It changes lives with what is inside of this. So if we want that stable life, we need to make sure we are rooted in what this word says. Because again, this word's not going to fail us. This word is there to guide us and help us along the way. But the thing I love the most about those four verses is the last verse. And that sounds kind of creepy. But verse four, can we put that back up? Thanks, A.V. But not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. Now, if you're like me and I read that, I was like, what in the world is a chaff? So thank God to Google, I found out what a chaff was. A chaff is an outer coating or an outer protection for a seed or a corn, kind of like a husk. And what they would do back in the day was they would get this seed and they would put it on the threshing floor and they'd roll over and kind of break up the seed from that chaff. And then what they would do with that is they would take it outside and they'd use this thing as like a pitchfork almost and they would pick up the seed with the chaff still on it and they would throw it up in the wind. And when they would throw it up in the wind, what would happen would the seed would fall back down to the ground but that chaff would flow away in the wind. And what David is telling us today, church, is this. If we are rooted in what the world has to offer, if we're rooted in what is wicked, we are no better than those chaffs. To me, that's almost a scary thing to think about. Because when we root ourselves in what the world has to offer, guess what? What the world has to offer can get up and leave. It can wither away. It doesn't have to be with us forever. It's not going to last forever. So if we're rooted in that, guess what's going to happen to us and our emotions and our stability? It's not going to last forever. But this word again, lasts forever. So I encourage us, if we want this stable life, if we want what Paul is telling us to do, we need to be rooted in what this word says because it doesn't die. It's always all around. The third thought I have for us today is this. Stable people grow in God's love. Stable people grow in God's love. Verses 18 and 19 is where we see this. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Verse 19, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of the life and power that comes from God. What Paul's telling us and what Paul's trying to do, and I say trying on purpose, is he's trying to attempt to share with us and share with the people at Ephesus the kind of love that God has. Now, I say attempt and I say try because this. It is almost humanly impossible to fully understand, to fully comprehend the kind of love that Jesus has for us. It's hard to have that kind of imagination to understand that. Because what we don't know is this. 
God's love, his tank, his pot of love, it never runs out. And for us, that's a hard thing to grasp. Because maybe for some of us in here, we were raised a different way. When we got in trouble, there was no love. Our parents disciplined us hard and they disciplined us and you're going into timeout and there's no grace, there's no forgiveness almost in those certain situations. But you see, Jesus isn't like that. And a lot of times we picture ourselves, we picture Jesus almost like if they hear our parents are the ones that are disciplining us thinking, when we mess up, Jesus isn't going to love us anymore. That is a lie straight from the enemy. Jesus' love never runs out. Jesus, what he says when we mess up is he says, pick yourself back up and keep going. You're forgiven. Keep on pushing. And that, I believe, church, is where the enemy gets us hung up so many times. Because when we make mistakes, we think to ourselves, God, what are you doing? God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. But God's already saying, hey, guess what? You're forgiven. My love for you, you can never run out of it. Pick yourself up and keep going. Now, what I want to do as we get ready to close out this message, I want to read the last two verses in Ephesians chapter 3 to, to finish this chapter. And I love these two verses because, again, Paul's writing this book. He's writing this letter. And it kind of sums up, in my mind, the kind of person Paul is in this situation. Let's read it. Verses 20 and 21. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I love those two verses. Like, I want to read those two verses before I go to bed every night because it just kind of calms me down and just, it's like soothing. And the funniest part is this. Paul's writing these in prison. Paul's writing these when everything around him seems to be trembling. Everything around him seems to be crumbling down, yet he is still calm, cool, and collective as he's writing this and as he's in prison. The way we know that, the way we see that, and the way he did that is by what's said in Ephesians 3. He keeps his focus on Jesus. He's rooted in what is true. He grows in his love daily. And he knows that he has the power of the Holy Spirit within him. And last night when I was going over this, this whole text and everything and getting ready for the message, what I typically do um, when I speak the day before is I try and go over it as many times as I can, possibly three to four times. And what I did last night was we got home and uh, I told my wife, I said, hey, I'm going to go down to the garage because that's my, my message prep time down there. So I went down to the garage and um, I'm going over the message. I went over it a few times and I was wrestling with how to close this out. I really didn't know what to say. I didn't really know how to do it. And I felt like I had a decent understanding of what it is that I needed to say. And when I get done going over those messages, I, I jump in bed and then I start thinking of the message again. So it's the last thing I think of before I fall asleep. And as I'm going over, I get to the ending, and I felt God was just telling me, don't, don't close like that. I need you to share where you're at. And again, Jesus didn't speak to me in an audible voice. These were the thoughts that I felt like were dropping in my head from him. And he was saying, I, you need to end with how you're doing right now. And I was like, I don't want to do that. That's scary. That's a, I don't want to get emotional. And, and he was like, no, like, this is what needs to happen. 
And I wrestled with it. And uh, finally, like at 12 o'clock, I was like, all right, fine. I put it in my phone. I said, this is what I need to do. And I believe the reason why he was telling me that is because, guys, if I can be really honest with you guys, just completely frank, working in a church, there's many benefits. I love working where I work. I love my boss. Pastor Zim's not even here, so he doesn't, I'm not trying to kiss butt. Um, <laughs> but I love where I work, and I love what I get to do, and I love being a youth pastor. But being real with you guys this morning, working for a church and being a pastor is a hard job sometimes. I have students come to me and share what they're going through and share their struggles with me. And that's what we're here for. That's what we're supposed to do. But a lot of times that stuff weighs on me. And I heard Aubrey kind of talk about it a little bit. These students that we have, these students in this generation that's rising up right now, they're going through things that I just graduated high school seven years ago that I never even thought of. Suicide, depression, anxiety, verbal abuse, fighting in the households, all of these things, and it's weighing on these students. And when they come to me and they talk to me, I, I try and help them as best as I can through what God's word says and what God is trying to tell me to give to them. But it's hard for me at times, Monday through Thursday and Sundays and sometimes on Fridays and Saturdays because church never stops, to come home and not have those feelings and not have those thoughts in my mind. And there's been a lot of moments recently of this year of 2019 where I felt unstable, where I felt like, I, I, what am I doing? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I doing everything wrong? Like, I feel like they're not getting it. And Jesus last night just gave me a real big reminder saying, hey, don't worry about those things. Yeah, be there for the students, but focus on me. Focus on what I have. Focus on what I'm doing. Focus on the Holy Spirit that's living within you. Make sure you're still rooted. Make sure you understand that I still love you. And church, last night, that was an encouragement for me. And I'm hoping today and I'm believing today, the reason why God wanted me to share that with you guys today is because some of us in here, we feel unstable. We have certain situations at work, at home, in life in general that are making us feel unstable. And the encouragement that God gave me is what I want to give to you. Read what Ephesians 3 says. Do these practical steps. And you can walk out of this room saying that, saying that message title, I am stable. Because if Jesus can do it with Paul, a killer of Christians, someone that's in prison as we're reading this, if he can be stable, guess what? We can be stable too. Let's pray.